Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. So welcome to the Thursday edition of the Don Cherry Grapevine podcast. And uh, on the uh, Monday podcast, Dad, we were talking about some stuff and you said you wanted to talk about the code of hockey when you were playing. Well, never mind when I was playing and anybody was playing in the hockey right now. Uh, if you ever notice Semenko, you never notice Pro, uh, 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 Probert or any of those guys that are, that are really tough. They never picked on a rookie. Very seldom they picked on a rookie unless the rookie really asked for it. And, uh, and they never picked on anybody small. They always had the guy. That was the code. Never uh, pick on somebody that, that, that couldn't fight. And I rem- I'm, just to jump in, I'll, I'll just tell you about a guy on our club I, we played. I never forgot it. Where were you playing? Oh, I was playing for Kitchener, but I don't want to go on t- too much. It's too close. But uh, what happened was that um, I went in the corner with this guy, and he, they, ended, they ended up he was a great fighter. And when he got older, he was a pretty good fighter. But at this time, he was just a rookie. And I remember he dropped the gloves, and I dropped the gloves in the corner. What I was doing in their corner, I, I have no idea. And uh, he dropped the gloves, and he was the worst fighter of the world. Like He tried, he tried to fight, and he was just learning. And uh, I hit him a couple of times, and I could see that he couldn't fight, so I, I left, left him off. i got to tell you one more story about that, too, before I get in there. I'm, I, I don't know what I was doing in the other team's end, but somehow or other, I ended up on top of him on center ice, this young rookie. I ended up on top of him. And I let on I was going to hit him. I would have never hit him. And I never. I looked over at the bench, and all the bench was there. And some of you people in Montreal will remember a guy named Floyd Busher uh, Curry. And, that, and he, was, he was played for the Montreal Canadiens, but now he was coaching Ottawa Hall. It was Ottawa Hall. He was coming on the ice. Believe it or not, it's the first time I've ever seen a coach coming on the ice to protect one of his own players. But anyhow, so one of the guys on the club saw uh, that this guy couldn't fight. He was a kid, but he's big, and he couldn't fight. And he got him and just cleaned his clock like you couldn't believe, cut him all up. And uh, it's funny how the players respected the code. They knew you should never, ever fought that kid because he couldn't fight again. And they turned against this guy. I'll never forget they turned against him. And every time this and this guy and I, we had a little thing going on points. He was an older defenseman like me, confirmed minor leaguer, and they'd give assists to me and everything. I think I ended up with 13 goals. I would tip ins and stuff like that. But the code is you never fight a guy smaller and you never fight a guy that can't fight. Dad, we've talked about Stan Jonathan in the past and all, and you talked about the code. So tell us, but you never mentioned about the Stan Jonathan fight and Bouchard fight, which was pretty Well, that was, that was a pretty good one. I'd have to say it was the best injury-wise in a fight I think I'd ever seen. And, um, it, it, you know, Jonathan went and was a good hockey player. Jonathan was a, a high plus. I think, I think he had the most accurate shot in the league uh, when, when he, for his rookie year. And he got 26 goals, which, you know, he's no, he, I don't want you to think he's a dummy, but I think, but I remember, I remember this happening. We we're in the finals, the semifinals, or maybe the finals. I it was forget. semifinals. It was uh, 79, 79. Was it? Yep. I forget. You were in the semifinals. And it was in Boston Gardens. And for some reason, I still, I must ask Scotty someday why he put on all his tough guys. And I look out, holy smokes. I mean, he had pretty, he had Chatra, Lupian, 
I mean, he had Bouchard, yeah. Uh, he had he had some he had some tough guys. So I I, I had two of my terrific guys, the Winsinku guys, who, who could play. By the way, let's talk about uh, let's talk about guys that can fight but can play. I never ever had a guy sit on the bench and send him out there to go like a mad dog and fight like that. These guys could play. All they could play. So anyhow, I had uh, Wensink on the left side who could really throw him. Uh, got 25 goals, 25 or 26 goals. And on the right side, I had Terry O'Reilly, who was our leading guy, who could really throw them, I'll tell you that. And we had Peter McNabb, who was a great goal scorer in the middle, but he couldn't throw him. He, he couldn't throw him very good. Or well, we saw him one fight, eh? Yeah, he fought half. Yeah, I think yeah, I remember he fought a guy in front of the net. Yeah, we but, said it's Peter, it's Peter. Anyhow, he didn't like fighting. So yeah, when he's he, a pacifist, <laughs> so he was. College. He didn't have to fight with those two wingers. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing: when uh, he got forty-three goals, he was a great scorer. So anyhow, I sent out. I pulled him off, and I sent out Stan Jonathan. Well, he. I, I think he said later in the paper was the happiest moment of his life when he saw all the guys in Montreal was out there. Yeah, because you everybody knew something was going. Oh, to happen. something was going to happen. Everybody in the Boston Gardens knew when it, when all those guys were out there. So I remember what happened was. I don't know if Pierre really wanted to go or not. He was a good guy, and uh, Dan wanted to go, and he picked and he kept pulling him, kept pulling him with a stick, and they went at it, boy. I'll tell you. And you know the funny thing about it that uh, Bouchard was a big guy. He was about six foot three, and Stan was about five foot nine. But he was Tuscarora Indian, and boy could he throw him. And he, like I say, twenty six goals. So they were throwing him, and all of a sudden. Stan switched, and I didn't know this either. He switched from his right hand, he switched to his left, and he was as good with his left as he was his right. And he hit, he re, I remember he hit Pierre Zonk right, right in the nose. Down he goes, broken nose. And on the way down, he hit him. And he, Stan was one of those guys. You know, when you get a guy down, that was another quote. He usually left, not for Stan. And I remember he drove him about, and there was more blood I remember John D'Amico, God love him. He was, he got, he was, blood was pouring. Yeah, he got cut with a stick. When they dropped a stick, he got cut right in the forehead, like yeah. right, right between the eyes. Oh, I mean, blood was all it over was, the yeah, place. It was, it was a pretty bloody fight. And uh, they switched over, and I think he had a broken nose and teeth and, and the whole deal. And, and Stan never had a mark on him, but Pierre was really, really beat up. He was a good guy. And uh, I never forgot, that was, the, that was the best fight I think I ever saw. And... They asked the Pierre. They asked Pierre after the game, "Do you think he'll ever play in the National Hockey League again?" He says, "Yeah, if I take up the organ." Well, if you remember, Cindy, there was Dad. There was a really big controversy in Boston after that fight, and what happened was all year we watched the Bruins on TV thirty-eight, Channel thirty-eight, and we used to see the replays of the fights, and so we were used to you know waiting for the replay, and. When Boston was playing Montreal, Hockey Night in Canada controlled the cameras in the replay. And Ralph Mellenby, who was the guy that hired you, right? Boss. He was the boss, and he hired you for Coach's Corner. He didn't believe in fights and wouldn't show the replay. So we're all at home, and all the Bruins fans are watching the game, and we're waiting for a replay of the fight, and it doesn't come up. And the two Bruins announcers uh, were... Uh, uh, Fred Cusick and Johnny Pearson, they kept saying, I can't believe we're not seeing a replay of that fight. I can't believe it. And the conspiracy was born that the reason they didn't show the fight was because it was a Boston Bruin beating up a Montreal Canadian. 
and the fans were going crazy in Boston. It was talk on, shows. The great. Oh, talk. it was on the talk shows that how the hockey night in Canada is biased against Trump. And I think you were helping feeding the flames, fanning the flames. Oh, I was helping. And and they were saying it was biased. And Ralph's going, "Well, we don't show hockey fights." And the people just and they, it was it was really us against them. It was just you know, going going. I remember when I was I was walking through the customs. The guy, and you, your purpose here. To, and he said, your purpose here, what is your purpose coming to Quebec? May I, my purpose here is to beat the mm, mm, Montreal Canadiens. Oh, boy, throwing didn't, coins. Doing. Yeah, didn't you like start throwing coins well, at each other? Well, what each happened? Other? Here's what happened. I, I digress. We're getting to something else here. But what happened was he. I, I saw a paper on the floor, and it had a picture of, of Greg Shepard and um, his baby. It was a Montreal paper. Don't ask me why. So I picked it up, and he says, and it was a paper just laying on the ground. And the, the custom guy said, that's my paper, and do not take it. Uh, you know, I was going to the guard. So I took a bunch of change, and I said, here, here's some change for the, for the paper. I'll pay for the paper. And, he, and he, he hated me so much. Gee, a lot of people hate me. They took, um, they took the change and fired at me, and I picked up the change, and I fired it back at the custom. And this was the custom guy. It was a custom guy. <laughs> oh, no, my no, goodness. Boy, and they got the manager coming, the whole deal. But anyhow, that was it. So now we're in Montreal. Montreal. Go ahead. You pick it up. And then, uh, so there was another kind of schmozzle. And uh, Bobby Schmatz and Mario Trombley squared off. And, and Trombley got a lucky shot in and, and cut, cut, cut Schmatzy. And then tell what happened when... when well, what happened was, I'm thinking, I wonder if they're going to show that again. I wonder if they're going to show that. Re- I wonder if they're going to have a, a repeat of that there. And, and the, the Hockey Night in Canada... Uh, office was or whatever you want pro was right down the hall from so i ran while the game is on i ran down and slid inside the room and there's ralph sitting there i said are you going to show that again i suppose you're going to show and he looked up there looking he's looking at the bench there's no coach there and i'm in the studio he's he's, when i left i they told me after he says that guy's nuts anyhow that's the that's the story of the bouchard fight but i think we should get back to I want to talk about Lou uh, and Gordy Howe again. Yeah, you were saying one of the one of the biggest fights back uh, before the Bouchard fight was a, a big rivalry was between Gordy Howe and a guy leaping Lou Fontanato. Oh, he, from Guelph, Ontario, he was the best. And uh, I remember, I, I remember after that fight, there was in the magazine. Well, why don't we hear Gordy Howe? Oh, okay, hear Gordy first. Here's Tell Gordy Howe talking about his uh, famous fight with uh, Lou Fontanato. Imagine that. We can, I, Gordy Howe, what a great hockey player, Mr. Hockey. All right, I was. I remember. Well, I don't remember, but I remember seeing pictures of Lou Fontanato. I know you get this brought up all the time, but what happened? Uh, how did that get started? That's got to be the best fight ever, and Louis wouldn't think so. But uh, you pick it up from there. <laughs> Well, Louie, I was with Louie here not too long ago, and he asked me if my ribs had healed since the beating I took. And I said, what side, Louie? <laughs> so yeah, your fist uh, yeah. healed. But basically, now that's a, uh, I, I think that's one of the common errors some people make. You do not study who's on the ice at the time you're playing against them. And I just so happened to know that Louie is out there. And uh, I was, the play started really uh, maybe months ahead of time when I was leaning over with the idea if I can get a piece of Louie or the puck, Del Vecchio will have a shot on net. And I leaned over, he saw me there, and he came back and wrapped me in the nose. You know, that blurs you up a little bit. And I started swinging. We both got a few minutes, and I got, I'm dabbing here with a split lip. And he's saying, what's the matter with your lip, Gordy? You know? And yeah, nice. that was an interpreter telling yeah. me I couldn't understand him. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> so after that, then... Uh, 
I found myself identical. You ever been walking down the street and say, I've been here before? Well, I was skating down there. I said, I've been here before. And when he came back, I went this. And I missed a hand, caught his ear, and cut it practically. It was hanging. Just happened to cut it in half. Yeah. No. It was a, it was you know, a well, now they well give you a shot at dawn if you ever did that. <laughs> That's right. But when it, uh, he came out with the turban on, and I said, what's the matter with your ear, Louie? It was my <laughs> turn. So when there was a fight started out between Red Kelly and Eddie Shack behind the net. And I'm leaning on the net, enjoying this, and I thought, oh, oh, he's out here. And as I turned around, he dropped his gloves at the blue line and was coming in. I just pretend I didn't see him until I took the first swing. <laughs> <laughs> nose like this, nose like this. But he's a good guy, giving it all, and, uh, you know, he's a hard guy. That is exactly why, uh, that's why when we had a tribute dinner out in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, I asked personally if they'd invite Louis out. Yeah, you know, he's that's a policeman. the least you could do. And people that remember the the magazine uh, life, it was it was a big deal, and uh, it, it, at the back it had speaking of pictures, it had to be <laughs> the whole page, and it showed. Well, it was three pages. They did a three page story yeah. on the fight. And boy, did his nose was over to the side. I mean, you couldn't believe it. it that would when they hear hear a guy getting hit on the nose, his nose was over in his cheek. It was awful. And uh, and you know, Gore, and and Lou. Who was always saying he won the fight? You know, I keep looking at him. We had him on too, and uh, but he was a great guy. And uh, I remember, I was playing. We were playing in Calgary, the uh, Spokane, playing uh, Spokane Comets, and uh, we come down the lobby and waiting for the bus. And the little back and white TV there, back of the lobby guy there, and we were watching. And Lou broke his neck. Now you remember he went to check a guy and he tripped. He's playing for the Montreal Canadiens. And he tripped and fell headfirst into the boards. And he was in the hospital for, t for two weeks. They didn't know when he was going to live or die. But he was tough. He came back. And uh, he was a great guy. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he always was mad about that fight because he, he, he thought he won the fight. He's telling everybody he won the fight. Well, we had Lou on the, on the Grapevine show. And I, I, I'm looking for the tape. And when I find it, we'll play his version oh, yeah. of, of the tape. And it's quite different from <laughs> Gordy's. Yeah. All I know is he had a broken neck. And I and uh, Gordy, uh, Gordy and him were good friends afterwards, like he said. And uh, Lou retired. He he had to retire after that. And he had a great farm. And he had, I think it was over 200 acres. And he retired as a farmer and lived a good life after that. <laughs> <laughs>